One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Hello, everybody, and good day, good evening, wherever you are at around the world. Uh, Glad you're joining us today. Really excited about today with what we're doing here at School of the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is part 18 of our series, Wisdom Field Warriors, based on the recent book that that I released. Um, I encourage you, if you don't have a copy of the book and if you haven't listened to all of this, uh, all of these messages, uh, we have some really powerful stuff in the equipping of supernatural believers who I believe the Lord is awakening in this hour to do a supernatural work. Amen. And so just to recap our last session, because we're going to build on the concept of the Holy Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness. Um, We talked last time about, uh, you know, when Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, it says that he came out of the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit decided that it was the right time, the right moment um, to lead Jesus into the wilderness to literally pick a fight with the devil. Okay, and so this concept of going to war um, is a is a thing that is really normal in the world of the spirit. Okay, and so you know a lot of people have a misconception that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you're good to go, man. You're uh, you know you can continue with your regular life and everything about what you did before you were quote unquote saved. You just keep doing it, and uh, that's probably one of the biggest lies the biggest fallacies in mainstream Christianity. Um, There is a portion of the church who, uh, what I would call the remnant, the the people who are seeking the Lord and loving the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul, and searching after the Lord. And I believe the Lord is going to answer generations of heart cry in the equipping of supernatural warriors in this coming hour. And this concept of picking a fight with the devil um, the point of, of you know, the teaching last time was really a couple things. Number one was that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. And therefore, as sons and daughters, we are expected and will be led by the Holy Spirit into seasons of isolation, into seasons where we are stripped away from our friends, our pastors, our leaders, our church resources that we uh, depend on. Um, Miraculously, the Lord will strip you from them at times um, because the Holy Spirit has chosen a, a season, a time where you are going to walk with the Spirit um, for the purpose 
of bringing a great deliverance into your life. Not because you did anything wrong, but really to bring a, a revelation and a deliverance and a, a connection with the Spirit that usually ends up with a greater power. It says that Jesus came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. Right, And if you haven't listened to that message, I encourage you to maybe pause this one and go back because this builds on that um, significantly. And, um, you know, Jesus, I guess the second thing to point out in that that transaction in the desert is that Satan came to deceive and tried to be the one in three documented instances trying to get Jesus to do certain things to prove himself. And Jesus basically answered in discernment, realizing that he did not have to prove himself. He was the son of God. And more importantly, he said, um, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word, by every rhema, by every dream, vision and prophecy that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right out of the out of the uh, relational connection with the Holy Spirit, Jesus walked. And that's how um, as Jesus progressed in becoming spirit dependent he then demonstrated the kingdom because he executed what the spirit was saying to him right and so you know there's times uh that you work uh, in great dependence or reliance on the holy spirit in doing ministry work but there's other times and seasons where the lord is going to lead you away to literally bring you closer to the Lord. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you think that you don't have any demonic powers working in your life, if you don't think there's any curses that you have to deal with, if you don't think there's any demons that in any manner that you're just a crisp, clean Christian, um, I would start there with uh, maybe maybe addressing that issue because, listen, dude, I have cast demons out of a lot of people, hundreds of um, and hundreds, and I'll say hundreds of Christians, um, including myself. Okay, and so I'm going to talk about curses. I'm going to talk about uh, dealing with some generational curses. Um, and I'm going to give you an example in my own life today, um, because I think it's important that you get a, a real uh, grounded reality that you need to probably start asking the Holy Spirit some questions about your bloodline and about um, you know, cleansing your bloodline, cleansing your heart, your soul. Um, and I, I want to emphasize, I'm going to get into some things here later on that you're going to find out that the awakening of several of the gifts of the Holy Spirit didn't happen until I went through a specific deliverance in my life. And so you may say, well, wait a minute, I went to the altar, I believe in Jesus, and doesn't his blood wash me clean? And the answer is, um, if you read the book of Romans, particularly in Romans 4, 5, and 6, you will learn that righteousness um, is both imputed and both in, and, and, uh, as well as imparted, meaning that um, it's actually in you and a portion of that righteousness is actually the gift of the Holy Spirit who actually leads you in the continuation of the cleansing of your soul, in the purification of you. Okay, so actually when you go to the altar... Uh, what is supposed to happen is the revelation of Jesus as this doorway into heaven um, and the receiving of the Holy Spirit who takes you by the hand and leads you into the kingdom 
and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Um, it actually says in the book of James that when you receive the Holy Spirit, he has the power to cleanse your soul. He has the power if you take the Holy Spirit by the hand and you let the Holy Spirit lead you, he will lead you in the times of battle to take you deeper in uh, particularly the cleansing of curses and demonic influence from your life. And I guess there's two things that we should kind of address up front with curses. Number one, Jesus talked about um, eye gates and ear gates, right? He actually said to protect your eyes, protect your ears. Why? Because here's the deal, guys. You live in a world filled with people who worship Satan. Okay, you may not recognize it or, or see it um, blatantly, but when you grow deeper in the Holy Spirit, it will be all around you. You will not be able to escape it. You will recognize that um, TV you watch, um, news you listen to, um, music you listen to is, is loaded with demonic influence and spells that are cast by design, by people in high places against you, okay? And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people can't see some of that stuff. And I'm not going to get into that now. Um, maybe in the next session or in the next maybe two or three down the road, I'm going to get into some of the uh, external sources of cursing that come into your life that you've got to be aware of. And you actually have to learn how to fight um, because it is a source of heaviness and depression and things. And I'll save that for another time. Um, but... The point with, um, you know, guarding your eye gates and ear gates is that there is a reality that, um, you know, there's an entity that can come upon you through an external force. Okay, so that's one aspect of a curse. Um, and there's actually another type of a curse that is actually follows, you know, a person's bloodline. And it stems from two sources. Okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read two scriptures for you before we jump into, um, I guess, the detail of what I want to talk about today. But, um, you know, witchcraft is outright forbidden and basically the worship of any other God, what the Lord calls idolatry, is forbidden. And if you are not worshiping Jesus Christ and following the Holy Spirit, literally knowing his voice and following him, I would propose that you um, are under are under some influence and some form of of darkness or limited hearing because of a spiritual influence in your bloodline and and what do I mean by that let me let me read the scripture and we'll get into it so Deuteronomy 18 verse 9 to 11 it says when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations there shall not be found among you any of you who makes his sons or daughters pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft, a soothsayer or one who interprets omens, a sorcerer or one who conjures spells, a medium, a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. Okay, so here here it is, guys, right? You have you have witchcraft um, and the forbidden practice of witchcraft. Okay, the, the forbidden practice of sorcery um, and I'll just give you an example of the American culture. I mean, you can go to any street corner. You can go um, and find a fortune teller. You can find Ouija boards right off the shelf in the toy store, which is a demonic um, ritual 
that's been made somehow been made normal uh, for families to buy and quote unquote play in their own house. Okay, um, you know you can you can uh, go to any fair uh, in in modern times, and you know they they have a they have a they have a uh, um, you know a medium a uh, fortune teller that you can go get your future told to you, uh, right? I mean, you can go to the newspaper. You can go to anywhere on the internet and your horoscopes. Horoscopes are demonic, okay? They're, they're, they predict um, and, and dictate your decisions and future based on what is written, okay? In, it's, it's, it's a form of sorcery, okay? And so, I mean, those are examples of... of uh, essentially witchcraft that are have become culturally normal um, and that's one level of maybe you just don't know or you just you know stumble upon it you were with your friends and you you went to a fortune teller um, once or twice um, you may think that's innocent but I can tell you it only takes one time with a fortune teller. It only takes one time being in the presence of a soothsayer or somebody casting a spell on you. Um, I've done deliverance and cast demons out of many people who were with friends when they were in high school or, you know, played a Ouija board. And I'll give you some examples of that maybe next week. But um, this stuff is littered in our society. Um, and it's real, okay? Um, sorcery is real. Casting spells is real. If you believe in the Holy Spirit and you know how real supernatural miracles, signs, and wonders are, you should have your eyes open to the reality also that, um, you know, the power of witchcraft is real, okay? And so, you know, <clears throat> we have bloodlines, right? We have, we have generations before us, and uh, maybe there's a grace on your life, maybe there was a grace on your parents' life, and somehow they were no longer a heathen, or maybe they came, you know, maybe your family came uh, three or four or five generations ago off the boat uh, from a foreign land uh, like Jamaica or, or England, right? In England is inundated with witchcraft, with the Druids, and, and, and uh, same with the Irish. I mean, and, and maybe you got off the boat and, and, you know, you've started, your family started this process of deliverance. But if, if there's anybody in your family bloodline that practice witchcraft um, and you haven't or your forefathers have not received forgiveness and deliverance from it, I guarantee you there are spirits connected to you because of the practice of your forefathers. And I'm going to give you an example here in a minute. Okay. Um, and the Lord himself actually says in the Ten Commandments, and this is Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7, he says this about your bloodline, okay? And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for, for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. All right? And so this is a pretty big deal. The Lord actually says that he will visit your bloodline, this iniquity, 
Okay, iniquity um, is generations of sin. Basically, if 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 there are if, if if there's an individual who sins, a family then becomes to practice certain sins, and they become normal. Um, it becomes an iniquity. It becomes a routine cultural embedded part of your soul you have to think of the spirit world the same as you do dna right if you inherit certain traits from your parents in the natural with uh certain body parts certain personality traits from your soul you also inherit a spiritual dna just as there is a a physical dna and a personality aspect um, that comes from your soul there's also the third part which is spiritual and you receive a form of spiritual DNA from your forefathers. Okay, so if your forefathers were heavy in the Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches where they practice deliverance and healing, you probably you're probably four or five, six steps ahead than than most people. Um, however, that doesn't mean you're you are completely clean. Okay, um, it means that um, you know. It, it, it literally means that you have a, a, a better start, okay? For those of us who have come out of first-generation Holy Ghost-filled Christianity, you got your work cut out for you because you have generations of, of junk um, where demon powers have been given access and right over you. And until those rights are literally... Um, Closed until the um, you actually begin the deliverance process of applying the blood to those things and and those things. I mean, there, some of these things are buried deep inside of your soul that literally only the Holy Ghost in due season and due time can lead you into a wilderness when it's time to pick a fight with the devil. Okay, and so part of deliverance is recognizing. Oh my gosh, I know that my great grandmother was a witch. Um, and you should you should actually start to begin to practice, um, you know, renunciation of witchcraft and um, begin working to cast out um, sorcery based spirits, divination based spirits and and things like that. And we will get into that here later. But here's the deal, guys. We spent really the last few months um, trying to prepare you deep in actual reliance on the Holy Spirit, right? The whole concept of crying out to the to the Father in heaven through the Holy Spirit, um, asking for wisdom, revelation, and deliverance, asking and praying in tongues and seeking that you be built up in your most holy emotion is actually the preparation process of one, learning the Holy Spirit, but also learning weapons and absolute reliance on the Holy Spirit in this process because deliverance without the Holy Spirit is not deliverance, okay? Um, I've seen people try to cast demons out and they are somewhat successful literally driving a demon out, but a month later they're back in the same process because they did not work with the Holy Spirit in in the process of, of their deliverance. And so um, it's crucial that you're actually spirit-led. And, and like I said, we have spent the last several months building you into embracing these weapons um, for the soul search, for the purpose of the confrontation. Because there is no such thing as a kingdom son and daughter without the confrontation. In order for you to 
enter into your calling, which will involve confrontation. And what I mean by confrontation is like when the Lord sends, awaken me and send me to India, um, I'm casting demons out of people and prophesying over people literally all day long. Okay. Um, until you actually go through your own deliverance and, and embrace the reality of the purpose and the calling of Christ, which is Jesus being present with you and signs and wonders following you, not just pulpit preaching. Pulpit preaching is actually a minor part of this, guys. The real introductory to, the real introduction to Christ is the supernatural. And so I, I do what I would say is very little pulpit preaching. I mean, I do crusades and stuff. I may preach or, or minister to several thousand people for 45 minutes, but then I spend three or four hours in front of the group prophesying and casting demons out of people. And so the introduction and the ministry piece of the kingdom is actually where the meat and potatoes are with who Christ is and revealing Christ through supernatural deliverance and healing and all these stories that I tell you guys of demons being cast out, people being healed is actually the real thing. It's it's the introduction, right? It's the real kingdom of heaven. It's not just talking about Jesus. It's actually introducing him and letting him minister to the people. Okay. And so deliverance is a big part of that, particularly in your own personal life. And I'm going to I'm going to read this excerpt out of the book um, about this experience I had back in 2011, um, because it was time um, to pick a fight with the devil. OK, and the Lord revealed some things to me in an initial dream and a confrontation with a demon um, that began a process of deliverance from a witchcraft spirit that came into my bloodline. Um, back 10 generations ago. And I'll talk, I'll talk more about that in a minute. All right. But back in 2011, um, this is April in 2011. I'm just going to read this. Um, I went to bed as normal as I normally do. And then around 2 AM, I became very conscious that I was dreaming. Um, and it was very vivid in the dream. A woman was standing face to face with me and she was stating, you are afraid and will always be full of fear. I would respond and say, no, I'm not afraid. I am filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this argument escalated to the point where I began to get violent with her because I was, I was so um, annoyed uh, that she kept getting in my face and saying, you're afraid, you're afraid, you're afraid. Um, I grabbed her by the neck in the dream and I said, I command you to be silent and go. So I'm actually doing deliverance in my dream, guys. Um, that's how real this stuff gets, right? I commanded her, I commanded her to go um, and I said, I am baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I said that, the woman's face suddenly began to contort like it, like, like it went in waves in front of my face. And I could see like I was looking um, at this woman and what was behind her face, like this mask, was actually, um, it was a demon, okay? And now this is, this is where it really got crazy because um, at this point, the woman's face, it literally faded and all I was holding on to now was a demon, okay? So I started to, to wake up. 
um, like I was being awakened out of sleep. And uh, with my eyes still closed, I became very aware of two things. First, my body was shaking like a person shakes when they're like scared beyond belief. My, my, I can remember my arms, my, my legs, everything was literally trembling. Okay. And this is right as I'm becoming conscious and, and awakening out of this dream. Okay. Um, the other thing that was, I, that I became extremely aware of was that I felt a fire um, in my belly, like this fire was so strong and so present. Um, and there was this absolute peace that filled me on the inside. So there, there was this contrast on the outside of this shaking and this presence of fear. But on the inside, in my belly, in my chest, was this fire, fiery peace. Okay. I could feel as I was starting to wake up, I could feel the fire literally coming up my chest and into my mouth. It was at this very moment that my eyes opened and I was awake. And to my surprise, I saw this demonic entity standing beside my bed. Now, the, what this thing looked like is, I mean, it was, it was probably about, I'm going to say six feet tall. It kind of looked like Skeletor, um, but it had draping, drooping skin all over its body, okay? Um, and it had, the thing that stuck out about this thing was it had fingers that were probably a foot long. And its hands, both hands were over top of my body and what looked like lightning, like this purplish, hazy lightning was was um upon its hands it was coming out of my body and it was on on this thing's hand so it was connected right there was something connecting my body with this entity's hands and so as you as you can uh as as you can you know imagine i mean thinking about in this moment i'm like my eyes are open. I'm looking at this thing. I see this energy connecting this thing's hands with me. And at the same time, I feel this fire coming up out of my mouth. Okay. And these words came out of my mouth. It was this, there was a scripture in Psalm 91, seven, and you got to realize at this point in my life, I maybe had read Psalm 91 a few times in my life, but I never really studied it. It wasn't a big thing. It wasn't like, um, you know, I was drawn to it. But it was purely the Holy Spirit at this moment. I was, I was not conscious enough to even think or run, even though in a, in a split second I'm watching, I'm looking at this thing, and at the same time this fire comes up out of my mouth, and, and, and I speak these words, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. As soon as I spoke these words, this entity looked at me and it knew that I, I could see it <laughs> and boom, it was gone. It disappeared. And at this point, like, as you can imagine, I'm sitting up in bed. My wife is still asleep. All right. I'm sitting up in bed and I'm processing 
Oh my God, what just happened? How did the Holy Spirit put those words on my tongue, number one? Why did this demon literally disappear before my eyes as those words came off of my tongue? And what the heck is this demon doing beside my bed when I'm sleeping at night with energy? And I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know if the energy was coming from the demon into me or if the energy in me was coming out into this demon or this this principality, this ruling spirit, whatever this was. I didn't know it at the time. But Jesus, Jesus you know, as you can imagine, I mean, this is 2 a.m. And I knew the Lord had was making me aware of something extremely important. And he was initiating a deliverance with me, okay? Um, at this point in my life, I had cast many demons out of myself. I had, um, you know, I was doing deliverance in our church for six years at this point. Um, it was it was normal. You know, dealing with the demonic was normal. Just as normal as, you know, glory events and dealing with ministering and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and the supernatural. And so I literally jump out of bed. I run down to my, my, my office, my prayer room. And I'm sitting there for hours asking the Lord questions. And it was like he pulled a chair up beside me and he started to unload my history. And I'm, when I say unload my history, he made some shocking statements to me. Things, it was like you and me sitting side by side and he started to reveal some things that my forefathers did. He actually started to talk about um, this spirit was what's known as a ruling spirit. If, if you read Ephesians uh, 6.12 on the different types of demonic entities that are referenced there, one of them is a ruling spirit. Okay, This ruling spirit was given access into my bloodline 10 generations ago. Okay, Jesus is sitting here telling me this. The Holy Spirit is saying, listen, this thing has had authority in your bloodline, okay, for 10 generations because your forefathers practiced witchcraft. And so I'm shaken at this point, right? I literally am like taken back. I'm, I'm continue to ask the Lord questions and, um, you know, I begin to discover and the Lord literally started to talk to me about you know you know Luke 11 where Jesus talks about when the stronger man comes right and he 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 seeks to find uh you know is is the place swept and clean um and the reality is you know this entity um as Jesus continued to speak to me was literally given access to my soul to harvest life out of me, to harvest energy, right? When when Jesus says in Luke eleven that a demon um, seeks rest, right? They if you cast them out, they go through dry places looking for whom they may devour, whom they may literally attach to, because you have to realize a demon demon powers, all fallen angels, everything in the demonic world was separated from God. And so the only energy, the only life energy that they have is what they can harvest from people on the earth. 
you are born as a human being, as a um, person made in the likeness of God. You have an energy in you, okay? And the revelation that I had that the Lord started to reveal to me is um, heaviness, depression, anxiety, fear. It is a harvesting process, okay? That's why I'm so adamant that if you come to me and you say, I'm dealing with anxiety, I'm dealing with severe fear, I shake at night, immediately, you know what I do? I, I, I begin to ask the questions about witchcraft and tell me about your family history. Tell me, and, and, and you know, how often are you, and, and when people say, oh yeah, I deal with this daily, I deal with heaviness, I deal with depression daily, guess what? We're starting down the pathway of fighting witchcraft because I know what that is, Okay. And you may, you may sound shocked at this moment. Oh my God, how can he be a minister of God and have witchcraft in his bloodline? I can tell you this, every person walking on, earth, on this earth at some point has had witchcraft in your bloodline. It's, it's, the, it's the opposite kingdom, okay? So if you are that prideful thinking that you have never had any witchcraft or any um, demonic entity that was worshipped or you know, a false religion, a false religion is a form of witchcraft. Buddhism worships a snake god. Hinduism worships a monkey god, the elephant god. Those idols are, are not just dead statues. They're, they have demonic powers behind them, okay? Hindu priests pray for people to receive a spirit guide, okay? It's real stuff, and it's all, it's all demonic. Any religion that is not Jesus Christ-centered in the power of the Holy Ghost is by default a witchcraft, a a um, a satanic and a varying degree of satanic connected idolatry. Okay, and so the reason that's important is because it creates the reality that oh my gosh, I actually need the Holy Spirit, because I'm in a fight that's so much bigger than me that I, I realize I can't do this. How in the world do I do this? And I'm emphasizing that because who led Jesus into the desert? It was the Holy Spirit. Who led me to finally have my spiritual eyes open in that night at 2 a.m. in the midst of using a dream to awaken me to the reality that there has been an entity that I've been fighting since birth, okay? And I mean, I'll be flat out honest with you. Um, I've had seasons, before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, severe seasons of oppression, depression, okay? Um and when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, everything changed in my life, but this entity still came back. I mean, for whatever reason, I could, I could tell you, I could, there, were, there were days and, and even weeks at times where no matter how much I prayed, no matter how much I tried to cast heaviness out, um, it was like I was fighting a, an endless battle. It was like I was fighting something that, um, although I was using spiritual gifts, it was like I didn't have the authority or the power to deal with something, okay? But as I pursued the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in due season 
revealed my enemy. And not only did he reveal my enemy, he actually shut the door to the enemy in this process. He actually healed my spiritual DNA, so to speak. He actually cleansed the bloodline as this entity literally was driven away as he put words on my tongue. And granted, it was a scripture. Sometimes it's a scripture. Sometimes um, it's a specific vision that you speak. Sometimes um, it's a word of knowledge, right? There's a specific word or it's actually, it's, it's the, the, the key is that the Holy Spirit actually gave you the weapon. And the weapon the Lord gave me was Psalm 91, verse 7, which I had not memorized, but somehow came out of my mouth and broke a curse that had been haunting my bloodline for generations. Okay? And it's a, it's a very important thing for you to wrap your mind around that it is the vision of the Lord. It is the prophetic utterance of the Holy Spirit that is literally the only power, the only authority that can break curses. Okay? And I want to walk through a spiritual principle using um, the David and Goliath story with you because that spiritual principle is something that we're going to use in the rest of our time here um, in this season or in this in this series because um, confronting curses is a major, major part of, of prophetic deliverance ministry, okay? Anytime you begin to prophesy over people, I guarantee you there's you are picking a fight with something. Okay, you are the the Jeremiah scripture that I keep um, pounding into you guys. Um, When when the Lord touched Jeremiah's mouth, he says, I'm putting my words in your mouth to do two things. One of them is uproot, destroy and tear down the demonic. The second thing is to build and to plant the kingdom, which when the Lord is speaking to a person, He's establishing their real identity and cleansing them of a demonic harvesting, right? There's a harvesting process that demons do to people to keep them deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit, okay? Deaf, spiritual deaf, deafness and blindness um, comes in degrees, okay? And there's a couple things that actually happened immediately after this 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 deliverance process and this deliverance process over a period of about two months um there was a lot of stuff that the that the lord started having me um you know confront in prayer and uh begin to um cast out and and deal with things like that um but the major thing that happened to me um was with respect to the discerning of spirits Whenever this happened to me, whenever that particular night occurred and I saw that ruling spirit, my discerning of spirits gift actually skyrocketed. I began to, um, you know, when I ministered, I could not only see demons, I could see angels. Um, And the gift of prophecy became, it jumped from being periodic and um, having to literally wait um, in worship or wait at times when the Lord would speak um, to being able to stand in front of people one after the next 
And immediately I heard the Lord's voice and visions would start to flow. And so I learned, and I mean, I, I could start deliverance ministry and prophesy over people for hours and hours and hours after this event. And so I want to emphasize to you that some of you, some of you, when you receive prayer to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, I know there's people out there listening right now. Um, I want to speak to your heart because, um, you know, the discouragement, I know there's people that get discouraged when they don't get tongues immediately or they don't receive and function in the gifts of the Spirit immediately. Um, a lot of it has to do with the demonic and, and having um, deliverance from the demonic powers that make you deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit, okay? Not only do they harness your energy, harness life from you, but they actually purposely make you deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit because the less you hear the Lord, the less you hear the Holy Spirit, the more powerful they are. And they know if you actually begin to hear the Holy Spirit to the degree that I'm explaining to you, then their days are numbered because the Holy Spirit will pick a fight. He will judge your enemy. He will judge the one who enslaved your forefathers. Um, and he will judge that entity to bring deliverance to you and your future generations. Amen. And so when people say, why do you love the Holy Spirit so much? Why is so, so much of your ministry centered around the Holy Spirit? I tell them, listen, it didn't start out this way. As the Holy Spirit led me into these battles, I realized that it that everything was about the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that brought life. It was the Holy Spirit that gave me vision. It was the Holy Spirit that came in dreams and revealed the, the heavenly encounters. It was the Holy Spirit that drove out demonic powers and broke curses. And the spiritual blindness that came with those curses literally was ripped away. And suddenly my heart and the sensitivity of the presence of the Lord increased, you know, sometimes tenfold, sometimes a hundredfold. It just became supernatural. Okay, so I'm encouraging you guys that there are degrees in this, okay? And if you are struggling with the gifts of the Spirit, you haven't received the gifts of the Spirit, um, you can hunt me down and come come to my meetings. Um, we have people, that's what I do. We have people all the time, Um we have people all the time. In fact, I, there was there was I was in Reston, Virginia, um, recently, um, and nobody in the room used the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There was maybe a, a couple people that periodically had a vision, but by the end of the weekend, everybody in that room was prophesying. And I can tell you this: everybody in that room at some point over the weekend <laughs> had demons cast out of them. And so I'm telling you that because your deliverance and realization that your spiritual blindness is connected to the demonic, just like whenever Paul, just like whenever Paul was on the road to Damascus, right? We talked about this last time when, when Paul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus Christ is standing in front of him, um, Jesus, the light comes and, and comes on Paul. And then the Ananias, the prophet was sent to lay hands on Paul and it says it scales literally fell off of Paul's eyes. That's a sign and a wonder, right? It's a symbolism of, of, it's a symbol of the demonic that was blinding Paul, okay? 
what I just talked to you about with this ruling spirit and its hands over me with this energy that it was pulling out of me, he was blinding me. Instead of the energy of the Lord being used um, to to literally awaken me and reveal to me, this this entity was actually blinding me, okay? That's what a curse does. That's what a demonic power does. It spiritually blinds you, okay? So you need deliverance. We all need deliverance. I know that there, there's got to be a deeper level in the Lord. There's got to be something that is hindering me. Right. Even as we speak, there is something right now, even though I've the Lord has sent me to different, you know, all over America um, and to, to India and, you know, sent me on these missions to 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 cast devils out of people and impart the Holy Spirit to get the Holy Spirit to equip his church. I know there's more. I know that as much as I thirst after the Lord and the presence of the Lord and heavenly encounters, I know that there are also battles and and further confrontations with the demonic of what is hindering me, whether it be internal, whether it be a curse, whether it be external with the principality of power, there is always something, okay? The 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 bigger you grow, um you know, some of you maybe have heard this term in spiritual churches, new levels, new devils. Okay, that's true. There's always another demonic power to fight, okay? I'm used to dealing with demonic powers when I go on missions to to impart the Holy Ghost, whether it's with pastors um, or with big groups of people or in living rooms, there is always an entity to fight. The same as there's always an entity to fight in your next level of revelation, in your next level of wisdom and impartation. There is always a confrontation with the darkness, okay? And, um, you know, the punchline with this guys is the words that come off your tongue led by the Holy Ghost are what breaks the power of the demonic, right? We, we, we've learned over the last couple months uh, about this scripture in John 16. It says, you know, he will send the Jesus is talking prior to going to the cross. Um, he says, um, I will send you the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost. He talks about the, him being the helper, right? The, the paracletos, the judge, the one who actually stands there and renders you innocent, right? It, and one of the things he does is he actually judges the demonic. He judges Satan. He actually confronts Satan. And so the more you wrap your mind around that and the more you search out his words, his voice, when his words touch your tongue and come off of your tongue, demonic the demonic cannot stand. And he will pick the fights for you when it's time in due season. Um, but the power of prophecy, you know, we've talked, we've talked, you know, it's hard to believe that this is uh session number 18 of, of this book, but um, you know, we have talked a lot about the power of prophecy. And I want to emphasize it one more time because as we talk about witchcraft and sorcery and breaking curses moving forward, because that's what we're called to do, um, I want to make sure that this concept is literally embedded in you, okay? And so picking up in in First uh, Samuel 17 in the story of David and Goliath, you know, um, John, the giant, uh, you know, Goliath is a supernatural thing. Okay. Um, a giant, if, if you read Genesis six, 
and you study different parts of the Old Testament, the fallen angels, um, it says in Genesis 6, is the, the fallen angels mated with women, um, and they produced an offer, offspring, what's known as a Nephilim, okay? Um, it's, it's, half, it's half fallen angel, half human. So it has human qualities, but it has supernatural angelic qualities. Um, and it's demonic, okay? It is, it, it's, it's in the realm of a fallen angel. It has been separated from God, right? So it is, it is, um, Satan serving, put it that way. Okay. Um, and it says that the, 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 the nation of Israel, the army of, of Israel under Saul was on the mountain shaking in fear whenever Goliath came for, for 40 days straight. It says that Goliath came and he began to mock the nation. He began to speak and say um, that, you know, you know, I'm going to rule over you. I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to control you. Send anybody out. I will kill them. Right. And so he's speaking these words over a nation. And I want to tell you that Saul and his army were not shaking in fear because of the size of Goliath, okay? That may have something to do with it, but okay, the guy's nine, ten feet tall. It's not like we can't get five guys and figure out how to slay this guy, okay? That's the way I would think. Um, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm a wild man, but that's just the way it is. Where I come from, you you defend yourself and you do what you need to do. And and I don't care how big the guy is. You get a couple of your buddies and that guy's going down, right? So when I look at Goliath, there's a deeper meaning to, to Goliath. And you have to understand that Saul um, and his army, the whole nation of Israel, was not shaking in fear on the side of that mountain as Goliath stood there and spoke and, and spoke these words over the nation. Um, they shook in fear because of the words that were coming out of his mouth. Okay, the whispers. Just like the serpent deceiving Eve in the garden, there was a demonic presence, an anointing, a, uh, a, a, a power, so to speak, that was coming out of Saul or coming out of Goliath's mouth that had an impact of fear, intimidation, anxiety, depression, heaviness. And the reason I say that is because if you study what the word Goliath means, the word Goliath actually means sorcerer or soothsayer. Okay? A sorcerer is somebody who literally curses people. They use witchcraft. They use different functions and rituals and, and demonic practices to actually speak things into people, okay? It's a powerful thing, especially for the weak, for the spiritually deaf, dumb, and blind, um, the innocent who don't know why they're feeling anxiety, don't know why they're feeling fear, don't know why they're oppressed all their life. Um, I could almost guarantee um that's not because you have a brain issue, um, a broken soul issue. That's because there's a demonic entity, just like Goliath, speaking something over you, just like it did your previous generations, 
to keep you bound in fear and deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit, okay? What Goliath was doing on that battlefield was releasing a curse. He was releasing a curse before the Philistines went and annihilated them. What's easier to, what's easier to fight? An enemy who thinks they can win or an enemy so bound in fear and shaking on a mountain because of the curse, the words that the soothsayer was releasing upon them, okay? Intimidation's a powerful thing. Fear is a powerful thing. And it's not just words. Just like when the Holy Spirit, when I prophesy over people and people begin to weep and shake because the presence of the Lord and the angels that ride upon those words are released in the people, the same thing happens in a demonic curse, okay? When a soothsayer or a sorcerer speaks, they are actually releasing what the Bible calls an evil foreboding, okay? It's, it, they, the Bible references evil foreboding as, a, as a, literally a dark, heavy presence that is demonic. Um, and if you, if you read, read Proverbs, it's mentioned several times in Proverbs as well as in the Psalms. Um, an evil foreboding actually does something with the intimidation and the fear that comes upon a person in such a way that uh, they literally have an, like an internal insurrection, like a, like a pain, like a, like a, they just become paralyzed, right? And if you, if, you know, these qualities, if you, if you talk to people who deal with anxiety and oppression and fear, um, they, there is a pain, right? There's a deep pain. There is a, there's an intimidation. Um, it's almost like they, um, implode on themselves. And the reason that, why that is, is because, um, there's an evil foreboding that comes with the curse. There's an evil foreboding that is released out of the, out of the mouth, um, in this process. Okay. And it's real. Okay. And so, um, how in the world is this broken? How in the world do you break this? Okay. Um, it's the answer is actually hidden in Saul. It's actually hidden in both Saul. It's, it's revealed in David, but it's hidden in Saul. And if you know the story with Saul, um, Saul actually was able to hear the voice of the Lord, but he chose to disobey it, right? Saul was told by the Lord to go kill um, all of the Amalekites. Let nothing in the Amalekite nation alive. Kill every living thing. And the reason for that is the Amalekites were, um, they actually were what they called uh, ghost worshipers. They, they um, had such a transcendent connection with the dead um, and, and in their satanic rituals and embrace of the demonic realm that they, they, were, they were feared. The, in the whole region, um, they were feared because of how powerful they were in the demonic, okay? And the Lord had equipped Saul. He had equipped Saul's army to go annihilate them all, saying that there was nothing worth saving. Kill all their livestock, kill their children, kill their king, kill everybody. What does Saul do? Saul leaves King Agag alive and he kept their best livestock. And so the Lord awakened Samuel, the prophet, to go and, and 
you know, Samuel arrives on the scene and he says, what are these sheep I hear buying? And, and, you know, what's going on here, Saul? I thought you were told to kill everything. And Saul began to stutter and shake because he knew that he had messed up. And he justified why he left the king of the Amalekites alive and why uh, the livestock was given to the people. And Saul says, I feared the people more than I feared God, is basically what he said. I didn't follow the voice of the Lord because I feared the people. And you know what Samuel said to him? He basically revealed that Saul was bound in witchcraft. In 1 Samuel 15, 23, Saul, or, uh, Samuel says to Saul, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the voice of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. And so here we see the source of strength being with the voice and the source of brokenness and powerlessness and the fear that Saul was shaking on in that mountain with his army, that demonic anointing that was imputed into his army, not only came from Goliath, but because Saul was susceptible to witchcraft, having refused the voice of the Lord, witchcraft literally ruled over Saul. And so there's a lesson in this, guys. If you become voice dependent on the Holy Ghost, that is your only hope against witchcraft. That is your only hope in breaking a curse or um, a, a, a soothsayer, a sorcerer, um, whether it be generational or presently standing in front of you, the voice of God is your weapon. And Samuel the prophet was pointing to the fact that because you refused your weapon, because you refused the prophetic voice, the most powerful thing, the most powerful weapon the father can give you as a son, you are bound in witchcraft. What was in your heart, what is hidden is now revealed. You're bound in witchcraft. And from that moment on, heaviness, depression, torment came upon Saul. He tried to kill David for the rest of his life. He actually tried to spear him several times because of the demonic torment that was on Saul. Okay. And so this is a big deal because when David came onto the scene, David had one thing. David had the oil of the Holy Ghost. He had the voice of God. He had the anointing. And the only thing he trusted was the anointing. And when he said, I'll I'll go kill that giant. And Saul basically says, okay, you can go kill that giant. Not that David needed Saul's approval, but he actually tried to take credit for David, right? He says, all right, David, I'm going to put my armor on you. You can look the part like you're a warrior because you wear my armor. And what's David do? David says, I don't need your armor. You're, not only does your armor not fit, but it is not what I trust. I don't trust anything from a man. I don't trust anything that needs to represent uh, you, your army, or anything. You guys are all shaken in fear. I'm taking all that off. The only thing I trust is the voice of the Holy Ghost because the voice of the Holy Ghost equipped me to kill a lion. It equipped me to kill a bear. It's equipped me to do supernatural things. And it's by the voice of the Lord that I'm going to walk onto this battlefield and I'm going to take down this soothsayer, this one who is speaking obscenities against me and my nation. I am going to respond and I am going to prophesy against this thing and I am going to kill that giant 
plant. And what's David do? He takes off Saul's armor. He goes to the brook. He picks up five stones, right? He went to the water. It's a symbolism that he went to the Holy Ghost. The water, the river is always a symbol of the Holy Ghost. He took weapons out of the river. He literally takes um, the fivefold gifts of the spirit of, of, of Christ, the, the weapons of war. And he literally runs onto the battlefield. And, and as the, as the soothsayer Goliath, right? The sorcerer is cursing David, David, you know what David does? He, he begins to speak against Goliath. He uses the weapon of prophecy in first Samuel 17, Starting with verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike strike you and take your head. And And this day, I will give your carcass to the camp of the Philistines, to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assemblies shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. He does not save with a natural weapon. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give it into our hands. David is revealing that the very prophecy in that moment that's coming out of your mouth was already the source of victory that was going to take off Goliath's head. Okay, you've got to picture this. And I kind of went down this path with you last time. But as David is prophesying and he's beginning to whirl that stone, guess what? Right. I talked to you last time about the angels writing the words that come out of your mouth in first or in in Hebrews chapter one. It says, um, are they not all ministering spirits sent to do the work, right? To do, to make you a flame of fire, to make you a supernatural force on the earth, right? Read, read, read Hebrews chapter one, guys. I mean, the angels of the Lord are literally standing there waiting for you to prophesy. They're, they're shaking you and saying, holy crap, dude, you were born to prophesy. Let the word of the Lord come out of your mouth and take down your enemy because I am, I mean, can you picture, can you picture your angel? like literally waiting for you saying, prophesy, dude, I want to kill this thing. Prophesy. I want to take off the head of this ruling spirit that has hunted you. Okay. Back to the dream that I had back to the Lord awakening me and opening my spiritual eyes to see that enemy. What caused the demon to disappear before my eyes and awaken my spiritual gifts, amplify my spiritual gifts as well as drive that generational curse, that witchcraft, that heaviness, that depression, that evil foreboding that I had struggled with in my bloodline. It was the words that the Holy Ghost put on my tongue and the angel that literally was released against that entity is what drove that thing away. Okay. And that's the picture on this battlefield that we all have to wrap our mind around. All right. And this, the understanding of how much power the Lord gives you when you have the vision of the Lord, when you literally obey him at all cost, when you literally trust that if he puts a word on your tongue, it is for your benefit. It may feel weird. It may not um, look like it's the right thing. But if you literally begin to speak and do what he says and you prophesy his vision against your enemies, 
you literally are releasing stones that become supernatural, okay? Picture as, as David has just prophesied and he releases this stone, this angel literally uses the words David spoke and literally takes this stone and drives it into this giant's head, okay? Stuns this, stuns this giant. David goes and takes his own sword and cuts, cuts, this, cuts this entity's head off. And the whole Philistine army realizes that their soothsayer, right? Their, their sorcerer, the one who casts spells, their magic, that is the real power of their, of their army, right, is silenced. And not only is it silenced, they are now rendered powerless. And the whole nation of Israel who's shaking in fear suddenly is awakened to the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost and they rout the Philistines. And that's the power of one guy prophesying, guys. One guy walking in the room and knowing the voice of the Lord beginning to prophesy literally awakens an army. I can't tell you how many living rooms I've been in in the last 10 years. How many churches, how many places in India where I go in and nobody's praying in tongues and there's nobody prophesying. There's nobody having visions. And when I leave, there are armies. When I leave, you have whole rooms praying in tongues. And when I leave, you have people who are literally seeing visions and releasing visions. And I literally pull them beside me and teach them to cast devils out of people and prophesy what the Lord is saying to trigger the awakening of the cutting off of the head of the evil thing that's working in the people they're ministering to. Okay. That's an army, guys. That is that is a supernatural force. And one person who prophesies is an army. David, in the anointing, hearing the voice of the Lord, did what Saul and a whole army could not do because they were bound in fear. And so as we move forward and we begin um, to go deeper in confronting curses and witchcraft and seeing where it comes from and realizing uh, what's ahead of us and the embrace of the Holy Spirit that's needed. I just encourage you um, this week, um, dig deep in the Holy Spirit, guys. Pray in the Holy Ghost and begin to ask Him inventory. You know, go through these scriptures. This scripture that, that I, that I uh, shared with you um, about, you know, Deuteronomy that forbids you know, the soothsayer, the interpreter, the omen, the sorcerer, um, begin to inventory those things because the iniquity is something that the Lord says until it's cleansed, it will be passed from generation to generation, right? And so as, you know, you go through this process, this iscus power that the Lord reveals in, in the book of the book of Ephesians, this iscus power, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He's actually encouraging you to learn to prophesy because as you prophesy those words, power, the, you are uniting with the power of the Holy Ghost and together you are releasing the power of heaven, right? The angels of the Lord ride upon your words. And so I'm just going to pray with you for a minute uh, to maybe awaken and reveal some things. Um, and I encourage you, um, you know, if you can't come to any of my meetings, then please find deliverance ministry as we venture down into this process 
um, because it will become an important thing. Um, and so, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name for every person listening. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that uh, you would begin to reveal what haunts every person hearing, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to reveal generational curses and things, Lord, that have been assigned by the enemy to keep them spiritually deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for um, you to reveal curses that literally haunt um, the people listening to this, Lord, that, that you know, sources of oppression, sources of poverty, sources of uh, broken relationships, sources of, you know, divorce, sources of, of uh, fear and anxiety, um, sources of being even drawn to the demonic, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would be, even begin to reveal spirit guides that have been assigned to the people in previous generations and, and through dedications, Lord, um, that were made uh, by their forefathers. Lord, in Jesus' name, I break and sever those dedications. I break and sever um, those those curses that have been released upon the people. I plead the blood of Jesus over them now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray for mercy. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal through the power of the Holy Spirit in dreams and visions, Lord, um, and sever your people from spiritual blindness. Sever your people from being slaves to the demonic world. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let this grace come upon every person hearing. All right, Lord. All right, guys. Um, appreciate you. Uh, dig deep in the Holy Spirit this week. And next week, we're going to jump deeper into confronting um, curses as, as, as we move forward in the book of Wisdom Field Warriors. Amen. All right. Have a great week, guys. Thanks. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T.org, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.